This is the second episode of the Capitalism and Chamomile podcast entitled Mutant Space Potatoes Vary Now. As of now, me and my co-host Josh spent the time talking about current events and things we have done in the past couple weeks that we enjoy doing. The format of the podcast may change in the future, but this is the current format. If you have any suggestions for future segments, you can send them to capitalismandchamomile at gmail.com. If you want updates on this, you can follow me on social media. Links should be in the description. Anyway, enjoy. your couple weeks well my couple weeks have been pretty good uh last weekend i was at a fencing tournament that was a whole lot of fun me and my club well i make that sound like i own the club but i'm just a part of the club here at liberty uh we went to the nationals tournament in knoxville tennessee and that was a whole lot of fun i got my butt beat i won one bout of the 12 that i fought <laughs> Uh, but I still had a great deal of fun, and I learned a whole lot about being a better fencer, and I learned how to be a better fencer. And even though I had fun, part of it was taken away from the fact that I spent most of that weekend waiting around just yeah. for things to happen yeah, for my yeah. turn to fence. You, you, you told me how, like, there was a huge difficulty with how you could have been sleeping while the women are were fencing yeah so i leave for knoxville with two other guys and we're going on a drive that's going to take five hours and we start we were supposed to leave at 8 30 but we got off to a late start and ended off leaving at 9 30 we get to our place of rest at 3 30 in the morning and we wake up at seven so i'm running on less than four hours of sleep and fencing starts at 8 o'clock. And we were told that the men would fence first, but that's not correct. And the women fence first, and the men don't start fencing until 2 in the afternoon. And I thought to myself, and my mother also reflected this idea, it's like, I couldn't have been back in the room sleeping, because I really wish I had been. Yeah, yeah, that, that's especially good if you're doing something physical like that. Because, yeah. yeah, you want, you want to make sure that you're alert uh-huh. for it or whatever despite my lack of sleep and <laughs> despite my lack of sleep um i don't feel as though i was cognitively or physically impaired i believe yeah. that most of the reason i lost is simply because my I mean, any more just than, any more than usual well <laughs> yeah i'm basically an idiot yeah basically what about you Bennett? um rather uneventful couple weeks i uh i, I actually just got back this morning from a uh, Young Americans for Liberty summit that I went to this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, we left, uh, I was going to say Friday night, but it was actually uh, Saturday morning that we left. Mm-hmm. So we left, um, after we'd all gotten together, we left at like 1 o'clock a.m. No, 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 it was more like 2.45. And we left and we drove all the way to Cleveland, Ohio. And uh, we got there at like, oh, <laughs> Um He's going to sneeze again. No, I'm not. Okay, wow. Uh, it's it's hard to tell because allergies, now that uh, the weather has gotten much warmer here in Virginia, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
allergies are starting to kick up, so if I sneeze and sniffle and blow my nose, that's why. The, um, yeah, the, uh, then we got there at, like, I think it was, like, 8.45 or something like that, and we just kind of got ready for the summit by, like, dressing ourselves up, and then we, um, yeah, we just we just went to the summit. Then after we we left the summit a little early because one of the people was feeling kind of sick. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then we drove here, and yeah, um, that's about all. I, I got back here twelve forty five about. Wow. And then I just plopped on my bed and I woke up and. Now I'm just trying to. I've been trying to get caught up all this all this uh, afternoon cool. slash morning. All right. Mainly afternoon though, because I woke up at like ten forty five. Right. That shower was nice though. Like showering <laughs> for the first time after like forty eight hours of having not showered mm-hmm. is heavenly. Yeah, yeah. So let's get right into the docket of stuff that we have done. So. Let's start with what we've watched. Bennett, for a change, I feel like I have watched more than what you've watched, but you start. Okay, so I watched The Gift. Uh, It's a... I don't know if it's a Netflix-made film, but I watched it on Netflix. Uh Um, It's a thriller. Um, It it, uh, stars Jason Bateman. Do you know who that... Okay, so he's in Arrested Development. Um, He plays... uh, Sorry, Michael in... The main guy? Yeah, the main guy in Arrested Development. Yeah, in it's like about this guy who reconnects with a old friend from I'm doing air quotes friend from high school mm-hmm. and that friend starts doing kind of weird stuff to him and his wife. Oh boy. Yeah, it, it's it's a very creepy movie. It's it's a good <laughs> movie, but it's really really creepy. Mm-hmm. Um that's all I got. That's pretty much it. Okay. So, first on my list is something that Bennett and I and my roommate Jonathan all went to see a couple weekends ago. Mm-hmm. We watched Ready Player One. So, I will go first with what I thought about it. Uh, Jonathan and myself share a lot of an opinion about this movie. We absolutely loved this movie. We're really not going to say that it's perfect because it's not perfect. It's certainly not a bad movie either. But I had so much fun watching this movie. It's probably the most fun movie I have watched in a very, very long time. If you're curious about Ready Player One, and if you've read the book, or whether you even haven't read the book, and you're thinking to yourself, eh, I'm not sure, I'm worried it's just going to be a huge just pile of references with no cohesion, just meant to appeal to fans who are like, hey, I, I know that, it's Kubert, it's, I remember him. Um, well, I have good news for you. It is that, but it does not at all sacrifice a good plot, good writing, and fantastic visuals. I wouldn't say good writing, personally. I mean... I mean, it, it was it was serviceable. That's... I mean, you and I probably have different definitions. Yeah. I've seen great writing, and this isn't that. It definitely But isn't. it doesn't border into bad. Yeah. So I think that it's good. It's fine. Yeah, like... I, I liked the movie quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't. Which is saying something, because Bennett is very cynical and critical of a yeah, lot of movies. Yeah. Um, I thought it was a good celebration of 80s culture, mm-hmm. 90s culture, that, definitely, sort, of, that definitely. sort of thing. Um, but there's a lot of flaws with it, obviously. It's, it's like one of the big issues that I have with it is that it's like the culture just kind of stopped. What do you mean? 
So there's references. Like everything is a reference to the past. Yeah. There's nothing there that's like from like the forties. That's meaning the forties as in the time of the movie, you know? You mean Oh, okay. All yeah. Right. So I understand I, So I understand. the twenty forties. Right, like, okay. The yeah. The movie takes place in the future, 2040 whatever, 2044 or something like that. I don't quite remember, but it takes place in the future. Yeah, so there's, it's just like, okay, that's Tracer, okay, that's uh, Liu Kang or something like that. Yeah. Um, But it doesn't have any references to what is is in the now, Mm -hmm. which is a problem. Um, Mm. The the characters are kind of, they're they're not, I wouldn't say they're one-dimensional because they, 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 they work, I guess. There's not really enough time to. They may be one dimensional, but they're not static. Yeah, which I think they, is a they good aren't static. Yeah, that that is. Um, I think, I think, while by nature as a movie, it all moves very, very quickly. Right. I think that they did a decent job of portraying online online relationships. Oh and yeah. I, and I don't mean I don't mean just like romantic ones either. Right. I think um, I think that's my biggest praise about this movie, which I'll go into once you're finished with your thoughts. Now, in everything, it's a celebration of '80s and '80s culture, right? Which means that the story has an insanely easily recognizable structure. Mm-hmm. Um, it has three acts, and all those acts are finding the keys, mm-hmm. and they don't really. Um, they, there's not much to them, and but. That's the thing is they don't really need complexity. Right. Um, some people view that as an advantage, the fact that it's celebrating the 80s even more. Other people view it as boring. Um, my main issue with this film is the fact that there's not many original ideas. Hmm. I, I, I think that it does a better job of portraying an online MMO than, say, Sword Art Online. Or an MMO that like everyone's in, you know? Right, right, right. Than, say, Sword Art Online. Because there's like actual, to a degree, actual consequence where mm-hmm. if you die, you lose all your goodies. Right. You start over. Yeah, you start over. Um, and I'd recommend anyone who's into like just culture and stuff like that in general to watch it because it has something for everyone. Right. Absolutely. Um, absolutely stunning videos. The visuals. Visuals, as it's a Spielberg film. That's oh, what, right. That's what Definitely. you should, should expect. This issue... film is a must see in 3D. If this goes out and it is yeah. still in theaters where you're hearing this, see it in 3D. The the issue is that there's so much going on, it's near impossible to tell that like something's there. So like unless you're going to buy the movie on Blu-ray and then pause it every frame, you're not going to see everything. Oh yeah, definitely. But that's what I think is cool about this movie is that you you'll notice something different when you watch it more. That's all I gotta say. I, I I would say that most people should watch it. Mm-hmm. it. It's it's just it's it's a fun movie. A lot of people get like pissy about it, but I don't think that. I think that's just people trying to uh, pee in Wheaties. So. <laughs> um. Uh, like Bennett said, uh, this film does a very very good job of depicting the reality of virtual relationships and first time meeting someone over a medium such as a video game or any other virtual medium. Issue is, the uh, character... This is a bit of a spoiler, but it's not that huge of a spoiler. The character that's met is very attractive. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, like... 
I don't know. The premise is that the main hero eventually in the video game world known as the Oasis, it's kind of VR, it's its own little world that everyone yeah. everyone goes into to play the game. Um, she's pretty famous, and eventually he meets up with her in real life, and she has this birthmark on her eye, and she always is like, oh, don't look at me, it's a birthmark. The problem with this is that the actress who plays this girl is very, very attractive, yeah. so the birthmark really doesn't take hardly anything away from her physical attractiveness, so the movie, it's kind of shooting itself in the foot with making us well, relate to this character who's supposed to be saying, no, I love you for who you are. I'm like, I, 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 I'm not disappointed with what I'm seeing. Well, yeah, because no one would feel Yeah, that. yeah. Like, it would be, it would make, it would be one thing if she was, like, had, like, a conventional, like, attractiveness level, mm -hmm. but she, she's not. She's not a normal person right. by any stretch of the imagination in that term. But, oh, as a whole, the movie has the main character start to get a crush on this girl and the main character's best friend is like dude you realize that you might be getting catfished here you don't know what this person actually looks yeah. like you're kind of taking a huge risk in going down this road you really need to be careful and even that love interest girl herself is like this isn't what i look like you don't know what i look like you don't know who i really am <laughs> this isn't my real face and he's like i don't care um but more so than that um, at the end of the movie, the main character meets the creator of the game, and the creator um, says something that's also a Groucho Marx quote that basically sums up what I like most about this movie. Uh, the creator of this game world says, um, I'm just trying to remember how best it goes, uh, I'm not a big fan of reality, but it is the only place you can get a decent meal. And that's a big theme of this movie about the purpose of video games and movies and other things mm -hmm. that we as people who enjoy media enjoy for those reasons it's that they're a nice escape and they're a nice thing to enjoy but they were never ever designed to be the place where to all be of everything our, yeah, yeah they were never designed to be the place where our focus should yeah, be. yeah because because in this in this uh film like people literally do their like jobs in the oasis mm -hmm. so that that's an issue um now another thing, speaking of jobs and industrialization and stuff like that, right. is I like how the um, okay, this is another spoiler, but there's a, there's a corporate faction in it, and it's not really a spoiler. Yeah. you can see that in the trailers. Yeah, they're they're, they're depicted as this group that's trying to take over the Oasis and make everything be microtransactions and stuff like that. And right. I, I, if this sort of thing came out, I can guarantee right. you that that's what the well right. at least some. Contemporaries in the electronic game. arts. Yeah, like oh. most most AAA <laughs> gaming studios would do that. Yeah, but EA is the big one. Mm -hmm. I mean, look at what they did at um with a uh, with uh, a Battle Battlefront two. Battlefront two. Yeah, yeah, like they they removed the microtransactions because everyone was angry at them. Yeah. But like, imagine if like you literally live most of your social life in this fake world and you have to. You have to pay like two hundred bucks in order to change one feature of your character, or right. something like yeah. a millimeter, like ten bucks for a millimeter of your nose. You know? Oh boy! <laughs> anyway, that's all I got to say about ten that. bucks to move your slider three places to the left. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! All right, so I highly recommend Ready Player One. Go see it. Buy it on DVD. I just this movie's great. I love it. Yeah. So, moving on. Something else I did over the past week and a half or so was I started a rewatch of one of my favorite animes, Gurren Lagann. I've watched the I've I saw I first saw this when I was a kid. Um well, kid I guess being let's see how old was 
15, something like that. 14, 15, mm-hmm. something like that. And I just fell in love with it. It's what started my love of mecha anime. But it's also one of my favorite animes because of how the story goes. It's a story about um, development and maturity. Yeah, yeah, it's um, a coming-of-age story. Oh, yes, and it's a very, very nice one at that. It's got really good animation, except for one episode. But I that episode was kind of a joke episode anyway. They intentionally made it bad because of criticisms that people had made about the lack of quality of their animation style. I personally don't think those comments back when this show was new, that is, were really valid. And I love that the creators said, oh, you think that's bad? This is bad. And then took an episode and specifically lowered the budget on animation to spite those people. And the creators in their subsequent projects continued to make the fourth episode of every show that they made a de- a, de- um, um, a downgrade in animation quality. Mm-hmm. And that's a running joke with them. Uh, Gynax, Trigger, whatever you want to call them. Well, those are two separate things, but they both worked on Gurren Lagann, and I think Trigger's the one that continues that tradition. Anyways, um, the mecha designs in this show are just absolutely unique. They're some of the most unique. What You're laughing. What? <laughs> now I'm imagining, like, the fourth episode of a series um, turning into the comic book from uh, that stand in... Yeah. Oh gosh, like in the, JoJo. Yeah, the the JoJo stand. Oh, What's the name of that stand? Uh, Toph. Yeah, Toph. Freaking <laughs> Oingo Boingo. <laughs> How does he laugh? I don't. <laughs> just don't even. Ugh, don't 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 utter that evil here. It's just. Oh yeah. Anyways, that's beside. I also watched Gura and Lagan. It's been a while though. I think mm-hmm. I was like sixteen when I watched it. Mm-hmm. It was okay. It's a good I just, show. I just find it gratuitous. Really. Yeah, but you you talking about Yoko? Yeah, I mean it's it's there's a reason why it's gratuitous. Right. It's it's the fact that you're watching it from the perspective of mm-hmm. I was about to say Deku, <laughs> a fourteen year old. Uh, oh yeah. Um, Yoko is a character in this show that dresses very skimpily. She's a fourteen year old girl, and you wouldn't know it by looking at her. She's got she was four. She has she was fourteen. Yeah, she's fourteen. She's the same age as Simon, who's the main character. Let's just say that Yoko has assets that don't belong to a fourteen year old. And she, how, old she, is, how old is uh, Kamina? Yeah. 18 or so? Good lord. Yeah, weird, huh? Japan. Um, <laughs> yeah. But um, this girl is super hot. She dresses in short shorts, uh, thigh uh, pantyhose, um, a bikini top, and a scarf, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. And the 14-year-old main character is easily distracted by this girl and her appearance... And that actually factors into the plot and gets one of the major characters killed. Mm-hmm. And eventually, her seductiveness and her sexual appearance kind of fade away into the background because that's no longer something that distracts the main character because he has A, something else to focus on, and B, he's developing as a character. Yeah. The show starts out in like the smallest scale you can imagine to some underground village and just two people to literal gigantic light year multiple millions of light years long mechs fighting on a galactic scale if you want to talk about uh, you're making that face but I'll finish, yeah, I know, I'll, I'll finish I know. before you go into it if you like mecha anime if you like good character development and good storytelling um, specifically if you like um, coming of age stories check out Gurren Lagann yeah what are you gonna say? I was making that face about the uh, 
the power scale. Oh, like, yeah. Like, I don't like it whenever power scales just get to that r ridiculous proportion. It's like... Like in Dragon Ball, whenever you've gotten to the point where you can shoot an energy ball out of your hands that can destroy an entire planet, like, what, what kind of... How do you move up from that? Yeah. Like, yeah, you can you can get an even bigger energy ball. Yeah. Just like bigger multiple planets. Yeah, like, like, honestly, what's the... How do you make things interesting then? That's why I like um, stories where you can have just weird situational powers mm -hmm. that like work with work under certain circumstances. Right. That I, I never, I haven't watched, uh, for instance, My Hero Academia, but from what I've heard about it, that that sort of thing, mm -hmm. it's interesting in regards to that aspect. That's why I like JoJo, oh, even yeah. though JoJo's weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, actually, the weirdness of it is part of the reason why I like it. But right. Yeah. Um, also, who's that one really androgynous character in Guren? Oh, you mean Ron? Yeah, Ron. The mechanic. I Le love Leron. Ron. Leron? I love Ron. Ron. He's, he's kind of meant to be comic relief. Yeah, like, <laughs> Ron, Ron was like, that, there's this one scene where Ron's like kind of hitting on Kamina or yeah, whatever, and he's got like his fingers like waving in his face. Yeah, like this weird goofy. Like noodle fingers. Like... I had that as my avatar on everything <laughs> for like six months I didn't know you point. liked Ron so much. I love Ron. Ron's hilarious. About your comments about power scale and Gurren Lagann, I don't actually think that they're kind of fully accurate because I don't know if you remember. Do you remember what the spiral nemesis is in Gurren Lagann? I actually don't know. Okay. It's been too long. The spiral nemesis is the idea that the overuse of spiral power, which is basically the token it's, anime it's power. It's Kind of, yes. The token <laughs> anime power of Gurren Lagann, which is basically willpower. If you know anything about, say, Green Lantern, you, you, you know where I'm going with this. But let me I was going <laughs> to... No, let me just say. Okay. You, you mean... Shonen anime yes. power. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Um, it, it's the if you know anything about Green Lantern, it's that his his ring is powered by willpower. The more he wants something, it, like he can create anything if he can picture it. Well, it's very much like that in this anime, and the use of that is actually dangerous because as certain life forms that have the ability to do this get more experienced in doing this. It will eventually get to the point, I'm describing it kind of succinctly, the show does a kind of, I guess, better job of explaining it, but just the overuse of this power will eventually lead to the destruction of the universe. So even though you kind of complain about the power scale having almost no ceiling, well, it does have a ceiling, and that ceiling is the end of the universe, or the main characters can intentionally put a limit on how much spiral power they use, ensuring that they don't destroy the universe. Mm -hmm. And that's how Gurren Lagann ends. They defeat the final boss antagonist who with his dying breath is like whatever you do just d defend the universe don't let it get destroyed by your extravagant use of spiral power and the main characters are like yeah we got this don't worry about it we're not stupid we we're know we're just gonna kill everyone no. that'll solve the problem <laughs> we understand how to use this now we understand the danger we're gonna be more careful with it and that's how the show ends yeah but it's it's been too long and i i honestly didn't like put much like thought or i was just watching it you know i didn't rewatch all of it i got halfway through it so we should start it up again when uh, like, we've got on. we've got a lot we're yeah, watching all right that's fair anyways moving on from Gurren Lagann, another thing that i recently watched uh is the new solo trailer i the forgot official... to watch that oh it's actually pretty good <laughs> so the first official trailer for the solo han solo standalone movie is out and there's a lot of really really cool things in it namely you can spoil um, it for me though it's, by the way. it's all right Namely, Donald Glover's depiction of Han Solo. We don't get to see a whole lot of it, 
but it's pretty good. I, I, it's I heard, really good. I heard his vocalization, and he had that on point. It's like not not necessarily the best casting. Obviously, in that movie. Glover has like a different voice than the original actor. Uh-huh. I forget the name of the original actor for right. uh, Sleazebag McGee, the oh, only black man in oh, Blando Calrissian space in yeah, Faith. Yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but he um. Yeah, he he had like the vocal mannerisms right. of him perfectly. Billy, Billy and I was D. Like, Williams I was is the like, guy's name. It's great. Mm-hmm. So Lando in this movie appears to also have like a female robot counterpart as his partner in crime. Um, Woody Harrelson is also in this movie, which kind of surprised me. My impression from the trailer is that Han's going to be forced to like decide between doing crimes with Lando and doing crimes with Woody Harrelson, and the Empire is somehow thrown in the mix somewhere along the line. Uh, I don't remember much from this trailer because I watched it several days ago um, and only like one or two times. But I do remember seeing the scene of Chewbacca like picking up some Imperial over his head and then throwing him down head first. <laughs> and like Chewie just straight up killed that guy. Yeah. There's no getting out of it. Yeah, Chewie yeah. just straight up killed that guy. <laughs> yeah. um, so Chewbacca's going to be in it. I mean, at least. Lando's let's, gonna be let's, in be, it. let's be real here. Like, the Star Wars series has never shied away from the main characters. Like killing a lot of people. Yeah. Like, I mean, they blow up the Death Star. Yeah, they blew up the they blew up the Death Star. I mean, at least they're not. It's not Nathan Drake level. Okay. I mean, obviously the Death Star is different, but the, the Death Star you're killing everyone in like an evil force or whatever. So it's kind of excused, but it's right. not like Nathan Drake levels of I'm murdering everyone because I want gold. Yeah. Well. But that may be the case in this movie because they're stealing. Maybe. Um, there seems to be this really, really cool train robbery scene where this train is on a track that's going around a mountain and the train, like, inverts itself as it's going along, along in, like, uh, just a 180 degree turn. And the people on it are fighting with, like, mag boots. So they're just standing still shooting and firing as it's going. Uh, just this trailer has so much cool stuff. This movie looks really promising. Mm -hmm. I didn't really ask or particularly care about Han Solo. But for a Star Wars movie, for a character that doesn't get a whole lot of time in the spotlight, it seems pretty cool. Well, not getting a whole lot of time in the spotlight. I don't really think that could be said of Han Solo. Yeah. But a lot of people are saying that they didn't ask for this movie just because they're content with Han Solo's backstory of the first thing he says in A New Hope, which is, I'm Han Solo, I'm the captain of the Millennium Falcon. And that's the only backstory that they need. And that's fine. But this movie looks like it's going to be done pretty well. They didn't ask for it, Jensen. Nope. I am... I have uh, more hope for uh, Obi Wan, honestly. Oh. Like, I, I hope that they go. I've already said this. We, oh, we didn't put. Um, we watched. We watched. Um, Revenge of the Sith. Recently. Revenge of the Sith recently. I yeah. didn't put that on there because I didn't think there yeah. was really a whole lot to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but while we were watching that, we were discussing that because uh, the solo movie, because of the fact that um, Yoda brings up uh, an old friend has figured out the secret to internal life or whatever. Referring to Qui-Gon. And, yeah, I, I hope that they don't mess that up. <laughs> I do have also a higher expectation for the Kenobi standalone movie. Yeah. But I think everyone does. Anyways, uh, yeah, moving on. I never actually seen The Shining. You saw, you saw I watched it last night. I run a movie night on my Discord server, and The Shining is what was chosen. And I gotta say, there's a reason it's a classic. It is a very good horror movie. It is very good. Jack Nicholson, easily one of his best roles. Okay. I, I haven't seen a whole lot of Jack Nicholson, but I can tell this is one of his best. We should probably watch that tonight, because I think you'd really like okay. it. I don't mind watching it Maybe, again. maybe. Um, I'll, I'll see. I've, I've got should... stuff I've been trying to do. I sure, anyway. sure. But um, 
I really, really liked this movie. I was talking about it with a friend of mine, um, one of the friend of mine's, one of the friends of mine that I watched it with last night, um, who really likes this movie. It's his favorite horror movie. And I described Event Horizon in comparison to it, one of my favorite uh, horror movies, in that Event Horizon is a good horror movie, in my opinion, because of what it does with its premise, its premise being the unknown horrors of space and alternate dimensions as well as making the characters feel like real characters, which is one of my bigger criticisms of horror movies, is how, like... Most the, of them are, are horror movie tropes. Yeah, like you, well, you've got, you Yeah, it's raining. That, really wow, that. it is. Um, you, 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 you've, got, you've got Bimbo and Dumb Jock, who are yeah. going to go bang and in the nerd, woods and then get, get murdered. Yeah, nerd who, nerd who survives. Yeah, black, black char character gets murdered really right, early right, on right. in the movie. Right, right, right. Um, conventionally attractive young woman who is Demure not, who's and not, shy. who's yeah, yeah, shy. Who's not necessarily, um, like, who's who might die, but mm -hmm. but usually won't. That sort right. of thing. You get the picture. In Event Horizon, these tropes are basically non-existent. Like these characters act like real people. And what I really liked about The Shining is it does those same things, but on an even bigger scale. The premise of The Shining is that Jack Nicholson and his family are asked to take up work as a winter caretaker for the Overlook Hotel. So it's Jack Nicholson, his wife, and his son in this huge hotel for five months, caring for it alone. And the hotel is haunted based on events that happened in the past, and the hauntings start to affect everyone in the hotel the son the, a little bit of the wife and most majorly and noticeably the husband jack nicholson uh who all his character is also named jack so i'm just gonna say jack mm -hmm. um something else that really stuck out uh, stuck out to me the shining was made in the 80s or so do you do you happen to know no i'm gonna guess it's the 80s something like that seven late 70s early 80s somewhere in there i don't actually know the specific date but it's a fairly old at this point i don't know the pacifics i don't know the pacifics um we were referencing a character from deus ex by the way yeah yeah <laughs> a very very racist character um uh what was i gonna say oh yeah um despite the time in which it came out its practical effects for gore and such are incredible mm -hmm. i'm not someone who really like is gotten to by practical effects but there's this one scene where jack nicholson goes into this bathroom and anyone who's seen the shining is going to know what i'm talking about right away he goes into this bathroom in a certain room and he sees this woman in the bath and she gets up and starts to kind of like smooch up to him and he looks in the mirror and notices that it's actually this like old 80 90 year old woman with her flesh rotting off mm -hmm. and the effects that they use are really really good and it's just ugh. like few horror practical effects make me just shiver like that but the shining really took the cake it yeah. was just gross and disgusting in so many ways now now that you've seen the shining um did ready player one do it justice absolutely okay. there is a big chunk of the shining in ready player one as it's a, po a core plot point in finding the second key um they it's spot on it's spot on looking at ready player one in retrospect having watched the shining now it is excellent simply okay. excellent uh and i watched <coughs> I, I watched the um incredibles 2 trailer before yeah. i came here yeah, yeah. i am kind of actually disappointed because really not not disappointed uh, as a whole actually 
Um, but disappointed because I expected the Undermire to be <clears throat> the um, the uh, main main bad guy. Well, I don't think he'll be the main bad guy. I know, I know. The, no, the main bad guy is going to be uh, sc- screensaver or uh, something, something like something that. Like that. And, I think and his he's his gimmick is mind control, which right. is a gimmick that has been done to the death. Yeah, the, <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say to the floor, but right. Um. Now, I wanted to see the Underminer because that's not something that you see all the time. I, I just pictured like this guy who like creates an intricate series of tunnels underground. You know, he uses those to fight people in the city or whatever. Anyway, um, and I expected it to be like kind of sort of steampunk-ish, you know? But um, what I am curious about is seeing home life. Uh, And that's uh, what I want to see. Right. The home life of... um, What are they called? What's their last name? Do you know the name? Par. Yeah, Par. I want to see the Pars at home, especially with Mr. Par. uh, Uh Uh-huh. Mr. Incredible. Yeah, Mr. Incredible being a stay-at-home dad. Mm -hmm. I I, want to see that. I'm weird, so I like mundane things like that. (laughs) I, I, I... It just really appeals to me right 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 um and i want to see more of elastic for, for those of you who may not know the incredibles is a pixar film that came out in 2004 yeah some people may not know but i'm just gonna sum it okay. up um and it's a family drama disguised as a superhero movie drama and it's very good i haven't seen the incredibles in many years but i remember it fondly you know what i really love about the movie what the movie the the, the music yeah, the music's but pretty all right. Ba, ba, yeah, the main theme and the music is otherwise pretty all right. Yeah. And what most impressed me by this trailer is the quality of animation and how different and better it is from the first one. Mm-hmm. Like, just looking at the 5 o'clock shadow on Mr. Incredible's yeah. face in some scenes is simply incredible. So, if you like The Incredibles and haven't seen this trailer yet, just go see this trailer. Go watch it. The official trailer came out a couple days ago. Go watch the official trailer. Yeah. It looks very, very promising. It is very, yeah. So, um... Now, under stuff we've played is... Yeah, I've that's devel- it for stuff we've watched. Yeah, yeah. That, um, I've uh, developed a new addiction, uh, which is Warframe. Tell us, Bennett, what's Warframe? <laughs> so, it's a third-person action corridor shooter, um, slash slasher. Um, ha- sorry, hack and slash. Mm-hmm. Uh, you play as these, like, space ninja... Um, robots. I don't think they're robots, actually. Uh, s- sorry, space ninja, um, cyborgs. like cyborg uh, wizards is is okay. the term I was looking for. Because because <laughs> you have like space magic. Every uh-huh. single different Warframe has its own gimmick. Right. Like I currently have. I started with Mag, which is short for magnetism, and right. that's that's their gimmick. You have. I also have Rhino, which is. This guy who charges, uh-huh. he's, he's kind of like a Reinhardt, and he also, like, reinforces himself, makes him invincible for a little bit. Right. Um, like, there's, like, one named Ember, whose gimmick is, sorry, gimmick is fire. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, or, so, no, his, his, his name is Ash, rather. Mm-hmm. There's another one whose name is Gada, whose gimmick is, gla- uh, yeah, glass, uh, wow. and crystals and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Gada, um, being, um, the Japanese, uh, sorry, Garasu. Is like oh, the Japanese okay. I see. takeaway term for glass, right? Because um, they they borrow since these things are like ninjas and stuff like that. They borrow a lot of like Japanese terminology for things right. mm-hmm. and stuff like that. It's it's just a really fun game. 
especially if you like grind fests like me it's very addictive obviously right. I, i've it's like basically the only game i've been playing for the past couple days it's 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 like got a really vague weird story and it the scale of it kind of reminds me of dark souls in a way really because they talk about things that like they, they just talk about thing they'll throw out terms that in, in a way assuming that you know everything that they're talking about but you have no idea what they're talking about right. and the only real way that you can figure out what they mean is by going to the codex mm -hmm. so yeah like like how dark souls talks about the age of cinder or whatever you know mm -hmm. anyway uh warframe great if you like that sort of thing it's also free but oh um, yeah but uh you have to spend this fake microtransaction currency in order to um like advance in certain ways mm -hmm. however you can earn it completely legit free uh, right. by selling certain items that you can get for free right uh i haven't played anything recently so moving on from that section we'll move on to stuff we've read um so i started do androids dream of electric sheep which is wait did i talk about this no i did talk, talk you talked it. about this on the last yeah no I'll, I'll just skip that because i haven't i haven't really moved that far in it okay um, so we'll just move on to stuff we've listened to. I yeah, guess. I haven't, I haven't read anything recently either. Yeah. Uh, so I did finish that pain fatainment podcast. Okay. Um, yeah, the, it, it was really good. It, it was just, um, it kind of ended with Carlin talking about how, um, we really aren't that different from back then. Cause like, imagine he, he, he used the analogy. What if governments just kind of started making public like putting for instance like execution on like direct tv or something like right like, pu pu publicized televised ex execution yeah like they, they made it pay-per-view or something like uh -huh. that you know um just imagine how many people would watch it out of sheer curiosity and how much of a cultural element it would become you know right because i mean we all watch uh, well, not all of us, but a lot of us watch MMA, and why do we watch MMA? We we watch it, yeah, for the competition, but a lot of people watch it for the brutality of it, mm -hmm. which arguably isn't a good thing. I don't know if I agree with that. I I just don't have much opinions on it, and I haven't done enough study on it or or anything. But I'm curious about it. Like I I personally really like, well, I don't really like them, but like I prefer sports that most people consider more violent. But it's not. I don't think it's because of the violence that I enjoy them, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, for instance, I like rugby. Um, I like... Yeah, I, I, I like MMA. I like boxing, you know? I, I, I'm not really into many other sports, so... I, I don't like football, though. Football just doesn't really appeal to me. Mm. I don't like watching older men gradually give each other brain damage. Yeah. <laughs> well... I mean, I wouldn't even say that they're older men. They're mostly in their 20s and 30s. Yeah. If you get outside of your 30s, well, I mean, old, I, I mean older than, older than me. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. It's just in. Anyone older than Bennett is an old person. Yeah, basically. <laughs> anyone anyone dumber than me is an idiot. <laughs> uh, um, I have listened mostly to music. Um, I don't have a whole lot on this list. Recently, I listened to a band that I uh, discovered called The Deer Hunter, and they too have something that I enjoy, which is uh, a cohesive story throughout their music. I didn't quite like this particular story, however, it led me to t uh, have a reason to talk about something that I do like with 
you know a cohesive story through their albums um uh and if you do like the cohesive story thing concept albums stuff like that uh rock operas do listen to the deer hunter because you might like it their music is pretty good it just didn't quite appeal to the story yeah. itself just didn't quite appeal to me I, I can't i can't get behind right Bennett, story then it doesn't really care for it like yeah that. <laughs> i i like i like my songs to be one cohesive thing themselves i mean i enjoy like overall themes for instance like well, let's go with something that came out recently which mm -hmm. is the damn um kendrick lamar album mm -hmm. like every single every single song track on that album is a uh separate addresses a separate theme and all and there are different tracks like in opposite areas of the like, like track list. you have you have like a middle and then then like imagine going out here this way is opposite right. so the one right here and the one right here is an opposite one right. anyway the ones the that like, you get from the midpoint the yeah the, where they coordinate yeah so like you'll have a song called lust and you have a song called love mm -hmm. and that sort of thing so like an overall theme of that album would would be um corruption of power mm -hmm. like like sorry how how power corrupts rather right not not the corruption of power i mean obviously that's a big that's a thing that can be addressed but i don't think he really addresses that that much mm -hmm. um it also overall as most rap addresses it addresses how african-americans are treated in uh, modern day uh united states mm -hmm. how there's just problems with that sort of thing right anyway sorry about that it's all right I um, am someone that does enjoy cohesive story throughout songs, so and especially things like with Pink Floyd's "The Wall," where the songs continue into one another yeah, as, a, I, I do like as a continuous track. I, I do like "The Wall," honestly, but like I, I never really put much thought into it as a story itself. Right. One that one band that I really like that does this is called the Proto Men, and if you happen to like Mega Man at all, definitely go and check out the Proto Men. Because their music, most of it, is um, loosely based on the Mega Man series. Mostly, they just take names and the um, like, Doctor Light, Doctor Wily, Mega Man, Proto Man, Joe, Emily, stuff like that. And they also take the theme of the Mega Man games, which is Doctor Wily has taken over a city with a robot army, and Mega Man and Proto Man and the like are trying to stop Doctor Wily. That's the general basic plot of these albums. Um, they have two. Act 1 and Act 2 is what they're colloquially known as. Act 2 is called The Father of Death. I think Act 1 is called Hope Rides Alone. Um, Act 2 is a prequel to Act 1. And as well as just I really like the music, I like the story that the um, music portrays. It's got, like, acts within the albums. Um, the story has general um, yeah. structure to it. Uh, it's not for everyone. Not everyone might like it. But if you do like the things that I'm describing, go and check out the Proto Men. I think mm -hmm. they're pretty neat. They're, they're not my favorite, but they are good. I, mm -hmm. I, I, I had Bennett listen to Act Two. Yeah, they're okay. Like I, I'm not gonna talk crap about them because someone might like them. But like the, for me personally, the musical style just seemed kind of, eh. You know, <laughs> they're 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 a rock band. They also use a lot of synth sounds. Particularly in Act in Act Two, a trumpet is used pretty heavily, giving it a lot of kind of Western feel. Um, and given that many of those uh, songs in the album deal with two characters at odds with each other, I think that's pretty appropriate. Mm. Um, that's it. All that's all I have to say about the Proto Man. Yeah, uh, I think that's all we got with like media that we personally have consumed. Right. And with that, let's transition into news. Mm -hmm. 
All right, so first on the list, we have an article from Newsweek. This was published on the 3rd of April at 4.20 p.m. by Greg Price. What? The title... <laughs> nice. <laughs> that reminds me of that one image where it, it's one of those speed signs that like measures your speed and yeah. it tells you if it's bad or not yeah and like right below it it's it says nice and right above it says 69 <laughs> anyways the title of this article is migrant caravan stopped well before trump's promise to militarize u.s border yeah so Help me out with this, Bennett, because I don't remember this article yeah. particularly well. But I think what this article is, well, let's, you, you don't remember particularly well either. I'm guessing. I read it. I read it, but like I, it was, I was having a hard time like understanding what they're saying. What right. I gather is, um, uh, there's like a caravan of Central Americans coming from, I believe, Guatemala. And Honduras, Honduras is what the article okay, says. Okay, Honduras. Okay, um, and. Uh, Trump kind of, like, ordered them to stop or he would, like, send the military to the border or whatever. But they've apparently stopped and he's still militarizing. Uh, A tweet from President Trump on the matter says, quote, The big caravan of people from Honduras now coming across Mexico and heading to our weak laws border had better be stopped before it gets there. Cash cow NAFTA is in play, as is foreign aid to Honduras and the countries that allow this to happen. Congress must act now. So, it appears that this article was meant to talk about how this... Trump's being a little preemptive with everything, you Yeah, know? I think that is a good way of summarizing it. Almost two, almost 1,200 people um, trying to get to the U.S. were stopped before they even got there. And I don't even think it was discovered that these people had any kind of malicious intent. Um, We are scared, just like Mm -hmm. you said one, according to the Washington Post. Now President Donald Trump has said that he wants to hit us with nuclear bombs. (laughs) That that was a quote from one of these people. Trump has not made... The article goes on to say, Trump has not made such a threat of nuclear bombs, but the president has called out Mexico and even said Tuesday that he he had discussed a plan with Defense Secretary Jim Mattis to send the U.S. military to the southern border. Um... So, uh, we, and I guess this article also um, goes back to the decision, not quite decision, but consideration of Trump to militarize the U.S. border. Yeah. Even more so with, than the Border Patrol already is present. Like, I can understand the intent, and I understand people who want to mil- militarize our border because people are allowed to believe that we need to secure our borders if they want. Um However, once things get inside and there's crime on the inside, there's it's more of a problem of the fault of our law enforcement system, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so issues with, like, I don't know, uh, Californian towns having issues with drug lords and stuff like that, that's more that we need to actually be sending in people who are going to be fixing that problem itself. Mm-hmm. I mean, this saying... We need to stop it at its source isn't really accurate there because the problem, the source of the problem isn't the fact that drug lords exist. It's the fact that drug consumption exists. Mm -hmm. So you want to be working towards programs that promote um, rehab, um, addiction centers, that sort of thing. Right. um, And 
prevent people from getting into drugs mm-hmm. um, before, like, so that these drug lords don't get funded. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I personally am, I'm actually anti-border in general, because borders are arbitrary in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I, I'm weird about that, but we definitely need to demilitarize not just the border, but we need to demilitarize many of the bases that we have around the world, because that's the reason that we have so much military spending. Right. I don't have quite as much of an opinion on that as you do, Ben. Yeah. Um, and I pretty much just stumbled through this article, but I mean, I think we covered most of what this article is about. Mm-hmm. Next on the list, let's see. Uh, is this the? Yeah, this is the Malaysia one. I, I found this one. Okay. So Malaysia, the, the title is uh, Malaysia Law Against Fake News Aims to Stifle Dissent. So Malaysia. Where, rec- where does this article come from? So this comes from. Uh, Al Al Jazeera dot com, and the the premise of this is that Malaysia recently passed a law that is an anti fake news law, basically. But a bunch of media outlets are concerned with the idea that this law will allow the people who are ruling the governing um, people to um, basically promote their agenda through the news and say oh this is fake news Mm -hmm. so we can cover it up much like what people complain about in the united states at Mm -hmm. this time um my opinion on this personally is you should just let the um you should be promoting as much as possible the idea of having true news right um and you shouldn't be allowing um, different you, you shouldn't be promoting monopolies on news as we have right now right how would you define true news what do you mean well by I, I mean news? truth like like not oh, okay like not 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 fake news or whatever right well that's just the thing but it? but the I, I still believe very much that the free market should exist in regards to media right uh, anything else on this article? No, not really. I don't remember it very well. I think you covered it pretty well. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, next one. You know, fun, fun fact, people don't realize this. Malaysia is a very, very Muslim country. Oh, yes. People yeah. always think it's in the Middle East, but actually, it's in... Um, Southeast Asia. Yeah, Southeast Asia is the has many countries that have the highest concentration of Muslims. Yeah. Uh, people who, Indonesia. Oh, yeah. Indonesia is a big one. Philippines, well, maybe not Philippines, but definitely Indonesia. Yeah. No, no, their their religion is just murdering people who do drugs. <laughs> okay. Um, this next article comes from CBS News. The title says, uh, Britain believes it has found Russian lab that made nerve agent used in Salisbury attack. So, this continues the British, uh, the British nerve attack incident uh, string of news articles that I have been following. And it's article, this title does a good job of summarizing. They believe they have found... Um, the lab that made the particular nerve agent. Uh, let's see. Da, da, da. The Times of London... Okay, security force sources told the London newspaper that while they are not 100% certain, they have a, quote, high degree of confidence in the location, end quote. Um, da, 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 da. Security sources told the Times they believe Russians conducted tests to see whether Novichok, which was the nerve agent yeah. in question, could be used for assassinations. <clears throat> we should have trimmed down some of the older articles on this list because I 
don't remember this very well. Yeah, either. yeah. Well, I, I read it. Um, I, I read it before I came here. So, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, there's there's honestly not that much to say about it besides oh, this we believe we have found the source. Right. It's just an update on this matter. Mm-hmm. So there's there's also another article uh, regarding this whole thing. I believe it's is it the one right? No, no. Uh, scroll down. No. Okay, check the check the uh, bbcnews.com one real quick. Sorry about this, guys. Probably should have had these open. Yeah, here it is. So, um, there's there's this chemical weapons um, analyzation, basically, like society. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they are exactly. Um, oh, the organization for the Pro- prohibition of chemical weapons mm-hmm. has, which is an impartial society. Well. In name, they they call themselves impartial. Nobody's truly impartial, but from what I've heard, these guys are pretty impartial. Right. Yeah. But they they've basically said, oh yes, this is um, Russian. They they right. haven't confirmed if it's like Novichok or anything uh-huh. like that. But yeah, yeah, the article itself says that the organization for the prohibition of chemical weapons did not name the nerve agent as Novichok, but said it agreed with the UK's findings on its identity. Mm-hmm. So they're not saying it's Novichok. But they're saying that they agree with the UK, which said that it was Novichok. Well, I think on its identity, that that could mean that they know that on the UK saying that it is uh, from Russia. You know, right? Russia, which denies it was behind the attack in Salisbury, called the allegations a quote anti-Russian campaign. That's the same sort of thing we've been hearing for a while, right? The British Foreign Secretary Boris Johnson said, quote, there can be no doubt what was used. So, a new piece of evidence, an outside organization doing their own independent research basically came back and said, yeah, we agree with the UK on this one. This is a Russian nerve agent, and Russia is still doubling down and saying, no, this wasn't us. All right. So, moving on from that one. Uh, We did that one, then there was this one. I did not read this one, so it's up to Bennett. I did read this one. Um... So, basically, the after Trump is, like, being very aggressive towards Russia, kind of talking crap towards, not Russia, sorry, towards Mexico, talking crap against Mexico, uh, people of power in the government in Mexico are getting irritated about this. About time. Yeah, and they're trying to tell, they're, they're telling the president of Mexico, basically, stop dealing with uh, Donald Trump because this is harming us and there it's causing us to have a bad image um, as a whole um, and it, like basically internationally we look bad because mm-hmm. of the way that Trump has been treating us not and, to mention that it doesn't seem like Mexico is really doing anything to it's you know, speak for themselves about it. They yeah. just seem to kind of be ignoring it, which I can't blame them for, but that probably contributes but, to but, it. But let's let's be fair though, like. Mexico does let a lot of things slide. They're not as bad as Trump appear like tries to make them appear, but they they definitely there's there's much to be desired in their politics. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's, there's there's this article is basically just that. The, so it came from the Hill. Um, Mexican senators call on Peña Nieto. Do you know what that is? Pe- Peña? Peña Nieto. That's a name. 
Okay. That's the name of the president. Okay, there you go. Oh. I didn't know that. That's what you were asking. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Peyton Nieto. Do you know what that is, Bennett? That kind of infers that I don't know who that is. I'm sorry. I thought you were asking what that is, and I'm like, it's a name. Well, I was, but I didn't know it was a name. No, no. Peña. He's a piñata. No. Okay. Peñata Nieto. Hit him with a stick and diplomacy falls out. Mexican senators call on Mexican president to halt cooperation with U.S. after Trump attacks. Attacks yeah. being just verbal attacks on Twitter, yeah. such and such. President Twitter fingers again. So, moving on. Okay, yeah. Um. This was an article that I found. Uh, it comes from a British website, Independent, uh, Independent, which is a British news media. However, this article itself comes... Um, I don't know what exactly you would call it, but it's kind of a copy of one that appeared in the mm-hmm. either Associated Press or New York Times. I can't remember which one it was, but it said it at the bottom. Which one was it? Uh, Washington Post. Um, so this article is basically a copy from the Washington Post yeah, just yeah, put think, into a British newspaper. I, I think newspaper. what they do is like they read the article and they're like, okay, do we agree with this politically and everything? And then they, they're like, okay, we endorse this article, so we're reposting it. Uh-huh. And this article basically talks about how, in a recent uh, debriefing for President Trump of a CIA de- uh, drone strike, they delayed the strike itself onto their target because they waited for the target to leave his home in which his family was also staying. And President Trump remarked, allegedly, why did you wait? Inquiring why they waited for him to leave his family before killing him, and if they hadn't waited, they would have destroyed his whole family. Yeah. Now... I was talking about this article with a friend of mine in the Discord server, and he initially disbelieved it, basically saying, "Isn't these aren't these meetings supposed to be secret and what forth?" And the article doesn't do a good job of saying what kind of meeting this was. It was just a debriefing of, you know, the president on this whole thing happening, and he did make me think about it. Like, where did this information well, come from? Also, did he say why did you wait before they told him that there was a? I don't think the article's clear on that. Okay, that, that's my, that was my problem, because I, I read that and I couldn't see it. Because it could be like, oh, he's asking them, why did you wait? And then they tell him, oh, there was a family there. Or he didn't he like didn't hear or whatever, or didn't remember, right. which wouldn't be out of character for him. We'll look later down in the article, but despite what I have said about the article so far, the article is more about um, what the idea of winning looks like to the U.S. military oh, yeah, yeah. overseas in the Middle East. It, it's... It's staying in nowadays because it's in it's perpetual war. We can't. Right. Yeah. Uh, further down the article, da da da. The tension between the White House and the military over how and when to end America's wars is not entirely new. To the frustration of his generals, President Obama announced plans in 2014 to pull all U.S. combat forces out of Afghanistan by the end of his presidency. Americans have learned that it's harder to end wars than to begin them, he said. Yet this is how wars end in the 21st century. Further down, Um, Mr. Trump argued the CIA to start arming its drones in Syria. If you can get it, if you can do it in ten days, get it done, he said, according to two former officials familiar with the meeting. Trump's foreign policy is basically to hit as hard and as fast as you can to get it done. Well, yeah, I mean that's that's actually quite a sound war strategy. It's a brutal war strategy. Yes, however, like the criticism is that if. The unfortunate truth behind the meaning of President Trump's comment of why did you wait 
making the assumption of the worst case scenario that Trump would rather have they not have delayed it and killed not only their target but his family, that would have been the swiftest and most decisive thing to do because in that window of time anything could have happened. He could have gotten away or they yeah. something else could have malfunctioned. We don't want to become Sherman. Yeah, just it, it, it's... How, what kind of war exactly do you want to wage? At the very bottom of this article, um, it talks about someone high up in the military. I don't quite remember who. Um, let me see if I can skim through and find it. Um, someone was being interviewed. The question was asked, um, what does winning a war mean in the 21st mm -hmm. century and the response was i don't, I don't know. know and i thought that this article was kind of interesting to get a look well, at what some of the top brass in the military that's the thing have an opinion about where this war is that's the thing is, is going we're not fighting people we're fighting ideas in what way okay so just for the sake of elaboration yeah. you know okay so let's let's give the example of say isis we're not fighting we're not fighting people. We're fighting an ideology and a, um, and how do you fight an ideology? You, you fight it with another ideology, mm -hmm. but you can't disperse an ideology if the people in that you're trying to give the ideology to hate you because they, you killed their cousin. Right. It, it's, it just doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Um, wars with ideal have been fought with ideologies for centuries. Right. Um, the Reformation is the biggest war of ideology ever, ever created. Mm -hmm. um, you can also think of the Soviet Revolution mm -hmm. in, in in Russia back in the twenties, I believe it was. Mm -hmm. um, like Germany implanted Lenin for the very purpose of disrupting Russia, so that Russia would no longer be a problem, and they succeeded. However, that caused another problem, which was so well, communism to kind of get spread a little bit to Germany mm -hmm. which became a problem for them later in, mm -hmm. in like the down the line basically right moving on from that article this is one that Bennett found it's from Reuters uh, I don't know is that British I, I, think I, I don't British. know anyways uh, the title this one's from April 3rd the title is Saudi Crown Prince says Israelis should have their own land which is which is an amazing thing um, right Saudi Arabia is the uh, country that Mecca is in, which is the um, uh, the Muslim holy city, which is the city which uh, every Muslim, in theory, should be going to at least once in their life. It's a pilgrimage. Yeah. It's a part of their religion. Yeah. Um, the and, and over the years, Saudi Arabia, both in administration and socially, has been getting a lot more liberal, uh, which is a good thing. Uh, women are now allowed to drive that you can see in the future they're going to have leaders who are more westernized which is a, which is a very good thing mm -hmm. um don't know how that's going to relate to um islam as a whole because right. islam is a very anti-western religion mm -hmm. um but only the only time will tell mm -hmm. really um, um you've also also like Beside that, I believe this article mentioned, but if this article didn't mention, I, I know this for a fact that um, very recently there have been negotiations between leaders of Pal uh, like Palestinian leaders and Israeli leaders, which is also an amazing thing. Um, there is hope for the M Middle East, I believe. Right. What's Saudi Arabia's policy on women appearing in public with the burqa? 
I I, I don't know about that. Okay. I, I know that they're not allowed like, to drive, but like I, I also, I, I think they can wear like hijab, but I don't know. I'm not big on that. Okay. Next article. Uh, we covered that one. So next is not really an article, but it's something that Bennett has been paying attention. Oh, well, I was gonna do this one. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, those are both related, though. So just open that one up. Oh, so okay. That we're ready for it. All right. Um, now, yeah, I, I did watch. I didn't watch the entire four-hour or five-hour, whatever, um, uh, Mark Zuckerberg hearing, um, but I watched like an hour and a half of it or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. I should probably watch the entire thing. But... Mark Zuckerberg was um, uh, testifying before Congress on the recent development that Facebook has. Event is essentially sold the data of most of its users mm -hmm. um, to Cambridge Analytica for the sake of uh, profiling. Now there were there were quite a bit of uh, quite a bit of really good questions, and there were quite a bit of very bad questions. Um, for instance, there was this one that I remember from this senator, I believe, who um, essentially he was like, "You're." Your policy suck. Your 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 public policy sucks because no one can read it, um, which does on paper make sense. However, the thing is, um, whenever you're writing a legal document, you can't write it in a way that everyone can understand it. That's right. just how it works. Um, if you write it in a way that the layman can understand it, you're not going to you're going to have either a document that like everyone can read or you're not going to cover all of your bases and with a company like facebook that's so huge you need to co cover every single one of your bases mm -hmm. um now there were some good questions i think i remember hearing um what ted cruz said and ted cruz actually made some very good points if i, re I recall correctly but I, I don't remember what he what he said precisely he he, he did grill zuckerberg very well like he didn't really actually ask Zuckerberg questions or let him answer. He was asking rhetorical questions. I you see. Know? Um, but there was this one that I remember where the senator, I don't remember their name, but they said, um, Mr. Zuckerberg, um, would you mind telling us what hotel you stayed in last night? Uh, and then Mr. Z uh, Mark Zuckerberg was like, no, I, I, I cannot disclose that information, sir. And then he was like, well... Have you been in contact with, if you've been in contact with anyone in private messages, would you mind disclosing their names or giving me information on the conversations that you had with them? Mm -hmm. And Mark Zuckerberg obviously said, I can't tell you that. And then he said, you see, Mr. Zuckerberg, this is the problem that we're referring to. I think, I remember showing you that specific um, snippet of the uh, testimonial. I think the... Uh, uh, the senator said, "That's what this whole thing is about. Yeah, that yeah, whole idea said. of the protection of privacy and um, the ability for us to have the freedom to say, I'm not at liberty to talk about that.' That's what the whole testimonial and the reason that a lot of people are upset over the realization that this data has been sold without their consent." Senator, we run ads. Smile. <laughs> yeah, smile algorithm. Following the testimony, you can see that Mark Zuckerberg himself. Clearly unintentionally, but also kind of like just he. 
very strange mannerisms and facial yeah. expressions. And yeah. as such, the internet has made several memes about how he's either a lizard man or a robot or such. I, and I, I think he has autism, honestly. I, I go along with them because I must admit some of Zuckerberg's facial expressions are downright yeah. silly in how robotic and seemingly fake that they are. If you don't believe me, go and watch them now that you've heard me say this and then look at it, give it a fresh look. It's just some of these things are sim they're just funny. They're really not even meant to be derogatory. They're meant to just make kind of a joke. Yeah. Um, yeah, at his expense, but at the same, it's not like we're being, yeah. it's not like it's being overly mean or anything. Thank you for this human meal, Senator. <laughs> He's just drinking water. Human, humans drink water, right? I will consume many human glasses of water. And there's also this uh, article from the New York Times that Josh found. Um, someone took a snapshot of um, uh, Zuckerberg's hearing notes, um, and they posted the, it uh, on Twitter, and... Josh was making the point that they're very robotic in nature. But that's only because they were succinct. Yeah, yeah that's that's what I was going to say. That's... Between Bennett and I, they sounded like a character from Mass Effect 2, which is a video game we yeah. both played. Uh, for those of you who have played it, you'll understand. I was reading some of these succinct, succinctified, if that's even a word, notes. These condensed statements <laughs> written in these notes. They reminded me of Morden Solus, a very erratic and kind of fast-talking alien who's a doctor. For example, these notes say, Resign? Founded Facebook. My decisions. I made mistakes. Big challenge, but we faced problems before. Going to solve this one. Already taking action. And the first <laughs> I thing I thought of... I am the very model of, of a, a CEO of a, of a mega corporation. <laughs> <laughs> but the very first thing I thought of was that that's just more... It just sounds like... Yeah, it does. It does. And it, that was the main reason that I found this article, but it is relevant to the recent testimonial that Zuckerberg provided before Congress. And um, I also remember hearing that Zuckerberg was summoned to the UK Parliament to test uh, to give a similar yeah. testimonial, and he declined, and that he was recently summoned again. <laughs> so it's the UK is really adamant about this. So like, no, we we need you to come here and explain where's yourself. Your, where, where's your information license? <laughs> oh, gosh. We're going to get to that later. That is on this docket, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. Oh, gosh. Um, okay, so the next one was one that you pulled up, which I, I did read. Um, it's Japanese woman. Uh, this is from the BBC, right? Um, and this is Japanese woman ordered from sumo ring during first date. Women, women specifically, I think. Well, yeah, because there was two detail. events, but there's this one event that was talking specifically. So um, this article, it saw about how during a sumo wrestling match, one of the wrestlers encountered medical difficulties let's let's see if it um i think it was a heart attack doesn't particularly matter he, he collapsed while giving a uh he collapsed while giving a speech so let me amend that it wasn't one of the wrestlers it was a mayor it was a city mayor collapsed while giving a speech either at the beginning yeah. or the end or whatever but he was in the ring while he was giving a speech he collapsed for some medical reason and several women ran to his aid and well, the referee freaked out and told them that they had to leave the ring immediately because apparently after reading this article i've learned this in japanese culture the sumo ring is sacred females are banned from the space mm -hmm. is what the article says um quote the announcement to get off the stage was made by a referee who was upset but it was an inappropriate act in a situation that involves one's life end quote so 
after this happened, the Japanese government was very penitent and they apologized yeah. for it, even the ref himself included. And, and like people were throwing salt in the ring because salt is like a, a sign of purity mm -hmm. or whatever. In Japanese culture, salt is thrown into the sumo ring before a match to purify it. Some on social media said the gesture implied that the women had dirtied the ring. I just thought that this article was a kind of interesting insight into Japanese culture. Yeah. And everyone agrees that this was a wrong thing to do, even the you know, referee and the government and such and such. But it still happened all the same. So, yeah, it's just, man, Japanese culture is very, very strange. Uh, yeah, it, it is. Uh, I just... I don't think this is this is that big of a deal. It's not. It's 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 not it, like it's a human the fact that the fact that people are like like once they finally got got into their senses and mm -hmm. realized oh this is just something that happened like it's not a big deal they, right. they're just like okay yeah we're we're fine with this right this article is a good example of I, I wouldn't I wouldn't even argue that they should change the tradition of not allowing women into it because really? that's just like it, it's just kind of. Well, okay. it's just kind of like it's it's a cultural thing, like I can how, how men aren't allowed into women's restrooms, you right. know, like it's it, just a cultural norm at this point. Yeah, I can see why you'd make that argument. However, I don't really think that that would continue to be, you know, honored should someone collapse in the oh, middle yeah, yeah. That's and totally, women that's, run. To that, that's totally aid. in extenuating circum. I, I, that's fine. The thing is, right. I don't want pol policy or like social norms right, right. to define extenuating circumstances right. sure i mean it's a culture thing it's their choice there's really nothing wrong with just like if, if i if i see a woman bleeding reason. out in a bathroom right. i'm gonna run into that bathroom and like put a rag on her neck or something like that right. she's bleeding out of her neck right am i breaking a social norm yeah but i'm helping someone's life mm -hmm. whatever okay uh so the next one's from the guardian moving on um this one i found it's about how opioids are prescribed less in states where medical marijuana is legal studies find i I'm didn't a, i didn't i i don't remember you, if i read this you, or not you but didn't uh, you didn't indicate that you read it on the okay. uh, thing yeah I um it's i'm unsurprised by this article um medical marijuana is used quite a bit by people who have issues with pain and stuff like that and it can relieve pain um and opioids uh extremely addictive extremely problematic that that's why i'm so for the legalization of marijuana not just as a medical product but as a recreational product um because it helps people also it noted in this article that um as illicit use of marijuana like so in states where uh use of marijuana is illegal as the illicit use of it gr uh, grows mm -hmm. the illicit use of opioids also grows mm -hmm. so the thing is like if people I guess the assumption is that people are like, okay, I'm just doing something, I'm just doing this because it's illegal, I might as well try opioids, you know, right, I feel like right. that's that's the assumption, but it could be wrong, but, you know, that's all I gotta say about okay. this. Okay, Bennett being the public health major, whenever things like uh, for medical products and such come up, I typically leave that in his corner because he's just better at talking about it, he's more knowledgeable. Mm -hmm. uh, this was one that I discovered that uh, contrary to what I just said, I do have a little bit of a stake in being a psychology major, and I thought it was really interesting. This comes from The Telegraph, which is a British uh, news media. Yeah. And the title is Alzheimer's Gene Neutralized in Human Brain Cells for the Very First Time. Scientists have claimed an important breakthrough in the battle against Alzheimer's after neutralizing the most significant gene responsible for the disease, 
for the first time. Now, I have two problems with this. Why? They say, first of all, they say most significant. That could mean that there are other genes, obviously. But also, it has, is, uh, excuse me, it's only undergone trials in, um, like, cells specifically that are affected by Alzheimer's uh -huh. and like they didn't test it in rats first and I'd like to see this sort of thing tested in living beings before you really say anything definitively obviously right. but this is this is a good thing to see um, Alzheimer's is something that I'm quite knowledgeable about uh, I've got um, I I've had members of my fam family with Alzheimer's I've I have members of my family currently with dementia, mm -hmm. that sort of thing. Right. The article says that the study could open the door to a potential new drug capable of halting the disease. However, the researchers have urged caution because so far their compound has only been tried on collection mm -hmm. of cells yeah. in a lab. So like Petri dish versus full body. You don't know what would happen if you give it to a person and the entire, their right. entire body is affected. Right. So, huge advancement in Alzheimer's care. Very interesting. Moving on. Yep. <laughs> this was one that I found. Um, Robots. This uh, this comes from abcnews.net.au, uh, which makes me think that this is an Australian. It is Australian. Um, yeah. And I remember thinking that this was um, kind of silly, just because I like to imagine how this kind of went down. This article is titled, Killer Robot Concerns Lead to Boycott of Top South Korean University. Basically, a South Korean university was gaining funding to work on artificial intelligence, specifically, you know, robots, mm -hmm. and people suddenly got it into their heads, wait a minute, hopefully they're not developing um, alternate intelligence yeah, and killer robots. Um, more than 50 top artificial intelligence researchers announced a boycott of South Korea's top university after it opened what they call an AI weapons lab with one of South Korea's largest companies. Uh, the boycott called for a pledge to refrain from developing AI weapons without, quote, meaningful human control. And the article literally has a gif of a Terminator and yeah. says, that sure sounds a lot like Skynet. And that's why I thought it was kind of funny. Yeah, the, AI is definitely something that we should be developing. And we, we should be, in order to make good progress on something, you need to do things that are scary. Right. Um, however, a lot of people... Um, like Mark Zuckerberg aren't really like as afraid of it as they should be. Right. Um, like Elon Musk has um, made a comment where he had a, a couple discussions with um, Mr. Zuckerberg regarding AI, and he said, um, "I found Mr. Zuckerberg unknowledgeable on the um, on the uh, subject," is mm -hmm. what he said, something along the lines of that. Right. It, it's concerning like for instance Zuckerberg I believe I, I could be wrong on this uh, so someone correct me if I'm wrong but the um, he released this AI that people could talk to or whatever and it was influenced by the people it, was, it talked to and like within 24 hours it like took an image of Harambe and it pasted um, that one black actress in in uh, the new Gus Ghostbusters film <laughs> It posted her face onto it, which is not what we want our AI to be doing. We, 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 we. Uh, despite how much I joke about it, we do not want bots that just make uh, memes. 
some bots that make memes, though, certainly would be. Certainly, open. certainly. So the response by these universities was basically saying, "We, of course, we're not going to make killer robots. We're the the quote." No intention to engage in development of lethal autonomous weapon systems and killer robots, end yeah. quote. He said the university was, quote, significantly aware, end quote, of ethical concerns regarding artificial intelligence. So, I believe them. I mean, AI is getting a bare development in South Korea. However, if we do start to see killer robots, maybe we should revisit this. Yeah. Well, n I wouldn't say even say till then. But anyway, mm -hmm. let's move on to this one about the Antarctica Vefis. Yes. So, yeah. Um, this comes from the Associated Press. Uh, scientists harvest first vegetables in Antarctic greenhouse. So, kind of speaks for itself. The article is really, really qu quite short. Scientists in Antarctica have harvested their first crop of vegetables grown without earth, daylight, or pesticides as part of a project designed to help astronauts cultivate fresh food on other planets. So, essentially, this article is a step forward in colonization because it offers a way yeah. to produce ed edible food without soil, pesticides, or daylight. Mutant space veggies when? Mutant space veggies very now. Nice. <laughs> you, can, you can eat... <laughs> You'll be eating moon... Moon mashed potatoes. Soon. Right. I, I, okay, Josh, have you ever listened to... Okay, I, I gotta, like, show this to you at some point. Have you ever listened to Sam Hyde's um, TED Talk? No. So, Sam Hyde's an internet comedian. Yeah. Um, slash... He, he's been, he makes, like... He's made bits for, uh, for Adult Swim before. Okay. And one time he somehow got on a TED Talk. <laughs> and he just made, like... The entire TED Talk is one satire... Mm -hmm. on um ted talks because he's make funny make, making fun of like the sorts of things that people in ted talks say and all that sort of <laughs> jazz however there's this one point where he's like we have the ocean and like that's like 75 percent of the land on earth we aren't using any of that for farming yet we have starvation why don't you have why don't we start making moon veggies moon yams moon squash <laughs> Have you, you'll have a moon, uh, sorry, not moon, I said, I mean ocean, like ocean floor, sorry, okay. ocean floor salad that'll blow your socks off. <laughs> anyway. uh, the article talks about how uh, they picked 3.6 kilograms, or 8 pounds for us filthy Americans, of salad greens, 18 cucumbers, and 70 radishes grown inside a high-tech greenhouse as temperatures outside dropped below negative 20 degrees Celsius or negative 4 Fahrenheit. Yeah, my assumption with that is that the greenhouse is much warmer than the outside. Maybe. All right, so now we're turning to uh, the media section of our docket uh, in which we get to talk about Dark Souls Remastered. Yeah. So, Dark Souls is a video game that Bennett and I both play. It's a pretty famous video game series because it's been... Um, it's been known for its extreme difficulty, yeah. but also its difficulty that it doesn't feel artificial and it's been fair. And this game is getting a remaster that's going to come out for the Nintendo Switch, as well as other uh, consoles, platforms, yeah. platforms such as uh, console and PC. And the first screenshots were released. Bennett and I have different opinions of this. Um, there's different texture work, different lighting, stuff like that. However, most of the assets for Dark Souls Remastered are going to be the same as the original game. Yeah. It's just going to be tuned up a little bit. Uh, from what I saw, um, especially in regards to some specific photos, um, 
I don't think it is necessarily like a step up um, thematically. I feel like I'm about to sneeze, so one second. <coughs> okay, <laughs> now I can talk. So, thematically, I think it's wrong because the entire feel of Dark Souls is intended to be gritty, mm -hmm. dark, um, kind of worn, mm -hmm. uh, because you're just dying over and over and over again, and your death doesn't matter because after you die, you see the enemies move away from you and go back to whatever they were doing before you even were there. Mm -hmm. So your existence just doesn't mean anything in Dark Souls, and that's the entire point. Um, however, a lot of the stuff that I see removes a lot of the grime mm -hmm. and a lot of the um, tatteredness, a lot of the character from the game. And right. I, I don't really appreciate that. Mm -hmm. um, even, even a lot of the blur, I feel like, is there for a good reason. Mm -hmm. Like, see, th this, uh, we obviously can't show this, but, like, these image, images all seem a lot more shiny than they were in the original game, and I don't like that. I mean, looking at the same image, I can see that the shine is there. However, I don't think it takes away from, let's see, like, for example, there's a gleam on a shield that an enemy is using. And while it is shinier than it was in the base game, I don't believe that it has taken away from its griminess and just crappiness in any way because there's still rust on it. There's still very many dinks and dents and such in the shield. Um, so while I agree that some of the changes do take away from the game thematically, like Bennett has said, I'm still looking forward to seeing how the final product looks because I think it'll look pretty good. Oh, that one looks really bad. What, this one? Yeah. Why? It well, it's mainly like, um, it's mainly like the uh, how the leather looks. That doesn't look real to me. Well, I don't. That particular set, the leather didn't look real to begin with. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. Go back. Go back to that one. That that one just looks like plastic. You know. I don't know. I think that looks pretty good. Uh, I think it looks like a higher quality model than the original one. Okay, let's just move on. Alright then. Um, so, next thing was... Uh, oh, okay, yeah. So, there's this mod that's been worked on for New Vegas for like nine years. Um, it's... It, it used to be called... Well, it is still called Project Brazil, Fallout Project Brazil. Mm -hmm. um, but it it's um, called Fallout New California. And it's like, I think it's going to be a prequel mod to Fallout New Vegas, it's mm -hmm. going to be before everything, like how New Vegas ended up the way it is, um, but I'm not positive. I I'm excited about it. I'm not going to, it's current, the, the thing is, it's currently in beta, that's that's why this article's out, right. and it's now pl in a playable state. There's a lot of bugs to it, I'm not going to play it until it's out of beta, because um, New Vegas as is, is very, very buggy, and I don't want to destroy my computer, <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I'm quite excited about that. I'm I'm not particularly I'm not a huge fan of the Fallout series. It's a good yeah. game series. It's just not one that I have any particular affinity. I have a massive affinity to it. It's my favorite game series. So, so that, if, that's if, just... you, if you like Fallout New Vegas, there's another uh, there's a mod coming out for it. Yeah. Okay. Is it this one from BBC and this one is oh yeah yeah J.R. Mm -hmm. John Rolking Rolking Tolkien's <laughs> uh, first Middle Earth story, The Fall of Gondolin be published i didn't know that he had written a story before the hobbit actually oh yeah there's t there's just uh, you're not you don't mean about the silmarillion do you, you what you know about the silmarillion no right? i don't mean chronologically i mean written before oh 
Like, cause I, I, I thought that the Hobbit was like the first one that that he wrote. No. That because like, from what I heard, he he wrote that while uh, wrote the, wrote the Hobbit from just like a bunch of bedtime stories that he told his uh, sons. Right. But um, yes, I was wrong. So he this... wrote this apparently while like he was recovering from the war. Right. This is his own self-contained story that I think might be a part of the Silmarillion, but it's being um, isolated and then republished. So, uh, let's see. The author started writing it in 1917 before returning to Middle-earth for The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings. So, this predated them. The book charts the story of an elven city sacked by the Dark Lord Morgoth. So, basically, for those of you who are only familiar with Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit from the movies, Morgoth predated even Sauron. Sauron was a servant yeah. to Morgoth, so this guy is an even bigger bad guy. He's gone by the time that The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings happened. Sauron is left behind, and that's who serves as the main antagonist. But for those of you who are more familiar with the extended universe of Middle-earth, you know that Morgoth is pretty serious, and you know that Gondolin was basically the center of all that was good about the world because it was the main elven city, and the story of Morgoth attacking the city is what this book is going to be about. I'm not familiar with this at all, but I know that this is going to be significant to anyone who yeah. cares about Lord of the Rings and Middle-earth, which is a lot of people. Yeah, quite a bit of people. So, moving on. Oh yeah, the Halo TV series. Yes, Halo TV series, which has been around for a long while, but hasn't really gotten any traction, has announced that it is going to start filming in October, and its filming location has been revealed, that particular filming location being Budapest, Hungary. Now, it was... I Did I read it correctly that Spielberg's directing it? I think you did read that correctly, okay. yes. The project has high hopes since it is backed by Steven Spielberg as the executive producer. Okay, executive producer. So, that, that's, Steven Spielberg and Halo... That, that's, having a lot of, that's having a lot of say, but it probably won't have that same Spielberg kick, because he's not... He, he's not doing the... Uh, He's not directing it. Well, all um, the same. But, it's yeah, just, yeah. It's, it's a project that Spielberg will have his hands on, and it's Halo. So I have very high hopes for it. Yeah. You know, uh, anyone who likes Halo can be excited about that. Right. So that means that I'm not excited about it. Right. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't dislike Halo. I just don't really love mm -hmm. it. So, next article. A while back, I remember hearing uh, on Reddit thing news about Stan Lee. If you pay attention to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you know who Stan Lee is. Basically, he's the... He's the creator he's, of he's Marvel. He's the creator of several of the Marvel superheroes he's that like, we see today. he's like the creator of what is a superhero nowadays, right. kind of. He is nearing the end of his life, and this article has come out from Deadline, how it revealed that Stan Lee sues former business manager for fraud, elder abuse, including one scheme to sell his blood. Now, I heard about... Come on, it's not funny. It, it's... It's just... The idea of selling someone's blood? Not the idea of someone selling, someone wanting someone else's blood is retarded to Yeah, me. but it's Stan Lee's blood. Wow. I have a vial of this guy's blood. Yeah. I drink one quarter of it every week. Yeah. Wait. That wouldn't last very long. That would last like four weeks. Yeah. Even so, though, some people are crazy. So, going into the article... Comic book industry legend Stan Lee is suing, suing a former business manager for fraud and elder abuse in a suit that alleges such egregious claims of abuse as extracting and selling vials of the Marvel Comics icon's blood as quote-unquote collectibles in Las Vegas. Yeah. Now, that's the, it's sick. I heard on Reddit, um, it wasn't really in an official article, it was really just rumor at that point, that there was a lot of 
well, as it said, elder abuse going on with Stan Lee's caretakers. It was some suspicious activity. And now this article seems to lend truth to some of that. I remember uh, seeing also on Reddit, not actually watching it, but I saw that it was posted, a video of Stan Lee addressing this issue. I don't know what he said, again, having not watched it, but he did address this issue, and I do believe that, um, reading some of the comments on that video, he did affirm some of these things. Mm -hmm. um, da -da -da. Yeah, it's just insane that someone would pay $500 for a vial of some right. blood. Lee was duped into donating $300,000 to a bogus charity, The Hands of Respect, which Olivares, who's the caretaker in question, claimed was a non-profit organization working to promote racial harmony, the suit claims. The company was actually registered as a for-profit merchandising company. Quote, there are shops in Las Vegas selling Stan Lee's blood, end quote, said a family friend, Kaya Morgan. Quote, they're stamping his blood inside the Black Panther comic books and they sell them for 500 bucks each, end quote. That's what is being done with his blood, as well as, as, well as just <sighs> not selling it in vials. Ugh. It's messed up. It's just, it's just, ugh. Yeah. No, we'll so, so the next thing is the the leaks of those images of the new ti Teen Titans squad. So after having... Um, this, is, this is a live action Teen Titans show. Yeah, Teen way. Titans show being released. And after having like researched a little bit more, the actress who's doing Starfire actually like made a response on Instagram about how this image is super out of context uh -huh. and i can understand that in regards to her garb i guess still think it looks incredibly trashy and i don't know how starfire herself would ever get into such a situation you right. know this is a character like, whose design is purple clothing red hair green eyes and she has orange skin and the live action version of this character is a black girl with red hair and purple clothing yeah in, in this picture and so immediately your first reaction is that looks nothing like this character. And so as Bennett said, the actress who's playing this character Starfire said that it's out of context. But even if that that woman is playing Starfire, like it as it is, it just it like, looks nothing like her. Yeah, yeah, like I, it seems like they did even, a really bad job even with in this the already. Even the in the comics, like I, I can understand like I can understand wanting to cast black actors as like characters that have typically been white i can understand that like having like a black spider-man i'm okay with that starfire is an alien yeah she's orange yeah like I, I unless they like apply something to her to not give her like a human skin color I, i'm i don't know and also like she, like i said she's dressed in like a black fur and she like looks kind of like a hooker the way that she's dressed oh gosh does she um Starfire's from like a noble family, a very right. noble group of people. Even if this is out of context and she's dressing like a hooker, I don't think I could ever see Starfire um, dress herself in that way right. if in you, any context. If you like Teen Titans, don't really. I wouldn't advise getting excited about yeah. the show because from these leaked images, it doesn't particularly look like the show's going to be good so far. The well, images yeah, in particular. I, I, the images in particular are of three characters: Raven, Beast Boy, and Starfire. Now, Beast Boy. Well, let me talk about Beast Boy oh, for a little bit. He, he's got green hair, and he's wearing a green military jacket and a red and uh, white track vest, I think. Um, Aside from the green hair, this looks nothing like the character. Yeah. I, I think he... 
I'm perfectly fine with like Beast Boy being Hispanic or whatever, because like I think he's Hispanic. He's either either Hispanic or Asian. I can't tell from this distance, but um, I'm perfectly fine with that. Um, it looks like Chris Pine for crying out loud. But like, my issue is that he's not green. That's my only issue. But right. th- again, this could be out of context, and this could be before he gets his powers. Right. Given that he has green hair, I doubt that. I doubt. I think that they're just being lazy, and they're saying, okay, this guy now Beast Boy just has green hair, right. and that. That frustrates me. And also, like, his character design's vastly different than usual. Again, could be out of context, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, Raven is the one that irritates me the least, but it doesn't look great to me. Yeah. I feel like she could have had, like, the biggest potential to be someone who's not, like, typical to who she is in the comics or anything. Right. She, she could have very easily been an Asian actress. She could have very, very easily been... Uh, Hispanic actress. She could have been a black actress. I, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's a white actress, um, and she has a like the a hair hair that's short to like down to her like neck chin. Yeah, her chin, and it's parted in the middle. It just looks bad. Honestly, what I what I oh boy, does it? Yeah, it, it's it's blue, but normally her hair is purple. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't mind them going like I, I usually don't mind. Uh, groups who are changing character designs change them in general Mm -hmm. but like if it looks bad I have a problem with it what they could have done I feel like with Raven is give her a more modern quote unquote edgy look and like made her look like the type of people that you see in Hot Topic and I would be perfectly fine with that you know Mm -hmm. like wearing wearing fishnet uh, a lot of piercings Mm -hmm. um, wild hair that's shaved on one side I know that you don't like that that sort of aesthetic right I would have liked that, you well, know. I think it matches Raven. Yeah, it, cer- it certainly matches. Raven, Raven is a e- emo chick with superpowers. Yeah, yeah. Raven, Raven was like my favorite back in the day. Same. And I would have loved that, but I, I just no. I don't have very high hopes for this. Doesn't look very good either. Yeah, I, I hope, I hope that it is good, but I like at least with the character designs, I don't see it being very good. So, we are going into our final articles now, in which we're not really going to take these very seriously. They're meant to be kind of jokes. Yeah. Uh, So, Pope Francis, there is no hell. (laughs) So, Pope Francis has released a new patch for uh, Catholicism. Oh, boy. In which he has stated that there is no longer a hell (laughs) repository where our souls go after we have died. The alternative instead being that our souls just simply cease to exist if we are separated from God. Now... (laughs) <laughs> this is not actually true this article came out that was trying to make it appear that this is what the well, no said. no actually i read the article in its entirety this afternoon and uh that sounds like that's what the pope believes i thought you said that this was some guy trying to like just straight up lying and saying that dude that's... dude like okay so the vatican came out and said that it was taken in a bad context but I think that the Vatican is, like, deflecting. They're trying to, yeah, like, because, run it back? Because, okay, scroll up a little bit. And, no, no, okay. So, okay, this is this this series of posts. So, this is from the interview. Mm-hmm. Scalfari says to the Pope, Your Holiness, in our previous meeting, you told me that our species will disappear in a certain moment and that God, still out of his creative force, will create new species. 
You have never spoken to me about the souls who died in sin and will go to hell to suffer for eternity. You have, however, spoken to me of good souls admitted to the contemplation of God. But what about bad souls? Where are they punished? Pope Francis says, They are not punished. Those who repent, obtain the forgiveness of God, and enter the rank of souls who can uh, contemplate him. But those who do not repent cannot for, uh, therefore be forgiven, disappear. There is no hell. There is the disappearance of sinful souls, which is very problematic because the entire Catholic Church kind of collapses upon itself if there is no hell. That, right. That just doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. um, now, yeah, it, it's worrying. I, I, I genuinely believe that the Pope doesn't think that he either was trying to say publicly that the there is no hell or you know he's lying i just love to imagine like when it's assuming that this is true and this is what this pope believes like the catholic the other members of the catholic church finding out just madly running their fingers through their hair like just, oh gosh it got out oh no they're, they're rushing to go like rewrite the scriptures or something they're like breaking down the they're breaking in windows of it, the freaking news agencies it's, nearby. It's like that scene in Spongebob where his brain, is, like all the little Spongebobs in his brain are running around, <laughs> yeah, burning yeah. Art, burning yeah, everything, yeah. trying to look for his name. Yeah. What's, what's his name? What's a hell? What's a hell? <laughs> no, no, no. The Vatican has become hell. Oh, no, there's no longer hell. There is the Vatican. Oh, Bad souls are sent to the Vatican to look for hell. <laughs> All right, next next article. Oh boy, this is the one we were talking about earlier. London's mayor declares intense new knife control policies to stop epidemic of stabbings. Oi, mate, you got your knife loose, your your steak knife loose. Oh shite, I forgot it at home. <laughs> the police will now stop and frisk people believed to be carrying knives. Yeah. Okay. So later. You there? You look like you're carrying a knife. The 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 mayor of the London. the mayor of London said in a tweet, there's absolutely no reason that anyone could be carrying a knife. First of all, that should be carrying Yeah, a knife. should be carrying a knife. First of all, no. <laughs> Second of all, um, that's not the intent. I'm going to elaborate on no, which is, if you've ever been a person who works in construction in any way, mm -hmm. or you've worked in the post business, mm -hmm. yes, there is a reason that you carry a knife or if you work retail which is a lot of people there is a reason to carry a knife mm -hmm. so this is dumb mm -hmm. this is really dumb like i don't see why you do that what, what like what's the point uh, and also for me at least it's putting a band-aid on it's like putting a band-aid on a laceration you're right. trying to fix a problem while not getting to the root cause of it you right, know right right I was reading this article, and I think that it's just unfortunate, and it's really not going to go well. But I actually thought it was hilarious when I yeah. saw the line, It's also not clear what local Londoners will now use to cut their food. <laughs> that made me laugh out loud. And that, that's, oh my god. Well, gosh. yeah, I mean, this is, this is an article from the Daily Wire, which is Ben Shapiro's news outlet. So that's what you can sort of expect. They, 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 they're, they're really snarky. Oh my god. I, I like, love Ben Shapiro. That made it great to me. Okay, so um, next article is a prominent lawyer in fight for gay rights dies after setting himself on fire in Pro Prospect Park. So <laughs> this guy um, essentially, um, he had a suicide note that he left in a shopping cart for some reason. And what he did was he lit himself on fire in, 
in the park and some people on bikes found him. And his suicide note uh, was a, was addressed and sent to multiple um, uh, news outlets. And it was basically, we, we need to do more to help our environment. So I'm going to douse myself in gasoline um, and catch myself on fire to illustrate what we are doing to our planet. So, okay. Yeah, yeah. All this, right. This man, this man was mentally unstable, and he needed help, but he didn't find help, and he killed himself because he, like, obvious, obviously, we need to help our planet. Mm -hmm. Obviously, but right. no, please don't light yourself on fire. Please don't immolate yourself to try and make a point about the environment. Yeah, no, and that's dumbest thing ever. I, I got nothing to say about his, um, about his support for gay rights, though. I, Gay rights are okay. Sure, yeah. Oh, yeah. This this, this article, I, I was like, why is that there? Oh, I know why. Hang on. So, woman blames Wendy Day for for cocaine in her purse. Yeah, that's the name of this article. Yeah, this article doesn't really have a whole lot to say. There's really nothing significant. So about basically, it. she meme news. She 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 had her per like she's. I'm assuming what she was arguing was like, no, officer, listen, listen. I had, I had my purse open and it tipped on its side. And there was a pot. There happened to be a pile of coke right next to my purse. First of all, why is there a pile of coke? No, no, that's not actually what happened. Okay, what? What happened was, I forget why her bag was being searched. It was maybe a stop and search. I don't. I think it was something related to a car. So she might have gotten pulled over. Okay. And her bag was being searched, and they found a little bit of marijuana and a little bit of coke, and she was like, "Yeah, that marijuana is mine, but that coke isn't mine." Uh, how to get there, ma'am? Well, you see, you know how it's been really windy today? Uh, what must have happened is that that coke blew in through the window from outside and landed in my purse, and that's how it got there, because it's not mine, I can tell you that, officer. And that's what that article was about. She blamed the wind for blowing cocaine in through the window into her purse. Unless you live in Chicago, I don't see that happening. I mean, like, <laughs> I just thought that this, like, I wish I could have been a fly on the wall listening to this woman try and convince these officers that that's what happened. Like, I guess she also tried to convince them that because she admitted to having weed, that she thought that they would believe her for saying that the coke wasn't hers. Yeah, no, if you, if, if, if you admit to doing a crime then the police will just assume that you're lying even more, usually. Because it's just like, yeah, no. The... I, I thought that article was very silly when I saw it. <sighs> that, that is quite silly. <laughs> Why? Some, pe some people, they, they think they're smarter than the cops. Well, uh, I don't think it's that she thinks that she's smarter than the cops. She thinks she can outsmart the cops, which is not the same thing. Like, I can outsmart my brother, but he's... I'm a, I'm a dummy. <laughs> you know? Well, anyway. all the same. Don't try to outsmart a cop. It's probably yeah, not going to work. That's your lesson for the day, kids. Don't try to outsmart the cops. Also, don't hold an iPhone in front of the cops, either. Oh, wait. That's, I, yeah. Let that, let's not talk about that. Yeah, let, no, let's talk about all that all we want.
podcast. If you did, please feel free to share it with your friends. Remember, if you have any suggestions for future segments, you can send them to capitalismandchamomile at gmail.com. A new one should come out in about two weeks. Thanks for listening and have a great two weeks. Thank you.